to left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing to Yell. A shot. Save made by Aguila. Three rebound. Another shot. They score! The Flames win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Logan Gordon. All right, welcome to this hour of the program. It is Friday, June 2nd, and we welcome you to the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Steinberg and Logan Gordon along with you. Welcome to Speargrass, just southeast of the city of Calgary, uh, just right past Carsland and easy to get to. Uh, look, Speargrass has been one of our absolute favorite spots to do the show forever. Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience on Friday. You can start teeing off at 1 o'clock for your golf and dine. Uh, tea times after 1, you get a golf cart range balls your uh, entire round and when you're done you come in for dinner you get yourself a steak a drink all for $85 that's every Friday here at Speargrass uh, and really really uh, outstanding shape the course is in as well we're here for Flames Talk throughout the hour and we kick off the hour of Flames Talk on Apple Spotify Google and Amazon uh, live here on Sportsnet 960 the fan as well with Pat hi Logo hi Patrick and look who we have to kick off the hour it's uh, Pat Logo and Cron. Croner is with us as well. Like it just, it doesn't get better than that. I get to hang out with these two guys. Croner, what's going on? Ooh. You know, I'm, it's it's early for me. Usually, you have me on later, and uh, and I and I prepare all the the uh, the intelligent comments I have. This is a little earlier. You're catching me a little mm-hmm. off guard here today. Are you doing okay? Like, uh, are you uh, are you still confident that you can bring the heat? I can. I can. This is, a, this is a new domain for me. It's Normally, I should be at lunch right now or sitting on a patio or a bar stool. And uh, right now, I'm giving you all of my attention, Patrick. Well, I'm I'm happy to have all of your attention. How uh, are you? Are you ready for the Stanley Cup final? Like, are you uh, are, you, are you excited for it? We'll we'll talk a little bit more about it. But are you? Uh, will you be watching? Will you be dialed? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'll be dialed. Hockey in June when it's nice outside, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to get I into, too, especially for with a bit of a break. You'd like to see it kind of come to an end a bit bit sooner than, than it does. But having said that, you're disappointed when hockey's over. And now you've got two teams left, and I'm, I'm actually really excited. I, I, I've, I've liked Florida. I just they kind of eked their way into the playoffs here, and now they're in the Stanley Cup final. And, and Vegas has been tremendous uh, all season long, and they've gone through a lot of adversity, going through four goaltenders. And it's fun watching Aiden Hill play and – and and uh, you know it's it's I, I I will be paying attention and we'll just see what happens. But it should be some good hockey. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, one of the things that we've talked about a lot over the summertime and and since the season has come to an end, hell, we were talking a lot about it during the season, guys. And 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 that is the the future of this team's goaltending. And and Croner, you have for a long time talked about how you know if they're going to do anything. 
if they're going to make a move, trading away Dan Vladar is the way to go. Make the room for Dustin Wolf, and and now you've got yourself a Markstrom and Wolf tandem for next year. I, I, I guess for those who haven't heard why you're thinking that's the way they should go, why why is Vladar the guy for you, Croner, that you think should be uh, should be moved out of the or, or the guy that makes the most sense to move away? Well, I, I think you have it's, – it's a risk. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Vladar can can give you consistent minutes in the backup or 1B role. He he did play really well this season when Markstrom was struggling. And as we've discussed throughout the season, uh, you know, Vladar did uh, do a lot for the Flames when Markstrom couldn't stop a beach ball. And, and we felt, or I felt at the very least, he deserved more of an opportunity in Calgary as opposed to letting Markstrom figure it out. There was a window there where you could have – Gone with Vladar, I think he didn't lose in 13 straight games, even though it was, you know, sporadic starts, but he was dialed in, and I believe they should have gone with him then. They didn't. And having said that, Vladar's body of work throughout his NHL career hasn't led me to believe he's a number one goaltender. Uh, he, he he would be an asset for any any uh, any team in the National Hockey looking to kind of bolster their goaltending, but but on the backup side or, or, or whatnot. And I'm not even convinced he's a 1B guy. I'm not. I, it's not that I don't like Vladar. Just from what I've seen, he's good, yeah. I think you, the fact that Wolf still has one more year left on his entry-level deal means the Flames are really in no hurry and could start the season with three goaltenders. And if you want to play it safe, somebody mm-hmm. gets injured, you know, you're know you in a good spot. But uh, having said that, I've been in a situation in playing in the minors and obviously playing behind uh, Kiprasov, and, and that backup position was a rotating door of goalies. Um, you know, you get kind of buried in the minors for a while, too, and it can affect you psychologically. Uh, uh, a guy like Wolf, who's proved to me that, you know, he's kind of done all he can do uh, outside of winning a Calder Cup, but he's been MVP or, or, or the best goaltender for the last two years. Um, you would like to see that momentum going. Sometimes you forget he's only, I think he's 22 years old. He's a young guy. And, 22, and, yep. You want, and you want goaltenders to develop. You want to give them time. He's been in a good, healthy organization. He's had great coaching. Um, you know, I would just like to continue to see him progress at the National Hockey League level. I'd like to see the Flames give him a chance. There are organizations that have gone with their young guys right off the start. I remember in in the lockout year, I think it was in 05, where Peter Laviolette was the, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, and, and the Flames and Hurricanes shared a, a, a team in the minors that year in Lowell. And Laviolette would come down, and, you know, he would talk to, to, to Cam Ward. It was him and I in net, and basically saying, you know, like, you're our goaltender next season, and that was, you know, like, that everything's kind of, the way, the, the way is being paved for you to be our guy. And, and, and there can be a lot of confidence in that, too. There's a lot of pressure, obviously. Uh, Cam Ward was phenomenal. You know, his first season getting to know the NHL, he was good. But the playoffs is obviously his first season. They're winning the, the Conn Smythe. Uh, he, he was tremendous. And I could see a guy like Dustin Wolf, who's, who's excelled at every challenge he's had. He's been put in tough situations. He's excelled. He's made big saves. He was the Wranglers' best player all season long or for the last two seasons. He's been the most consistent. And that's what coaches look for, too, scouts, players, the consistency. At every level, he's been consistent, and he's been damn good. Why not mm-hmm. give him an opportunity? Croner, you brought something up there that I was really interested to ask you, and that was the possibility of this team rolling into training camp, maybe the beginning of the season, with three goaltenders. Would that, in your mind, still give Dustin enough of a – a push up at the next level, even if Vladar was still around and he had to split things three ways between him and Markstrom. No, three goalie sucks. It's awful. Every goalie will tell you it is terrible. Unless you're the starter, 
the, 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 the bottom two guys, you have to split a net for a little while and you can't get a rhythm and you're, you're getting bagged after practice because either one of you don't know if you're backing up or dressing that night. It's not a really healthy situation and yeah. something you really don't want to have to do for, for a long period of time. If it's a couple weeks, sure, to try and figure things out to buy yourself more time, but anything longer than that, it starts to affect everybody. I, I, I was with the Hitman when I first started playing the Western Hockey League, and we had four goalies. We had Alexander Fomachov, Brent, uh, Brent Williams, Sean Connors, and myself. And uh, they made the changes, I think, first week or two in the season, kind of where they were going. Um, but having that many goalies on the ice, three is, three is way too many. Two is the right amount. Four is egregious. But sometimes you're put in a situation where that, <laughs> that's the case. And the Flames have the luxury of, you know, Wolf doesn't have to clear waivers. Wolf can be sent down, um, you know, or, or you start the season with Ladar and, 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 and Markstrom. And then, you know, you, you give it a week or two and see if things are going, work out a trade or, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. There, there's no gun to the back of, of, of the Calgary Flames head. However, when you're looking at it from, from Wolf's perspective, you obviously want that opportunity. And you keep sending me back down and I'm the best goal in the league every year. And, you know, and they could say, "Oh, well, you need to win a Calder Cup." It's not necessarily the case. I, I, I think he's, I think he's ready. I think he deserves an opportunity to prove it. And uh, and and starting the season with three goalies, like I said, I I wouldn't want that. But if they're going to do it, a couple weeks max. It's not an ongoing thing because that that can uh, that can affect everybody on the ice, yeah. especially the, the the two bottom guys. There's, there's, you know, if you if you pay attention to our text line every once in a while, there's a, you know, there, there's a text that'll come in and say, well, hold on a second, why is it always about trading Vladar? What about moving out Markstrom and and going with Vladar and Wolf? And I thought Wes Gilbertson made a really good point on on Thursday's show in that. I think ideally, if you're going to bring Wolf in and give him an opportunity to be a full time guy, to to be able to work with Markstrom, a guy who knows how to play an NHL workload and, and has started 55 and 60 games in a season and has taken on the pressure that goes along with being a number one guy in this league. That that would be the ideal person you'd want Wolf to work with in the organization. That's not a knock on Vladar, but to, to have him develop under under Markstrom, that that seems more ideal if you're Dustin Well, Wolf. he's proven to be a good partner with, with Dan Vladar too, right? Yeah, absolutely he has. A young goalie like that. Well, yeah, you said Markstrom's a good teammate. He's super competitive, but he's a great teammate as well. And and he has been around a long time, Markstrom. And and the fact that uh, if Wolf were to come, you know, you'd you'd be competing. If they kept Vladar and Wolf for some weird reason, which is not going to happen, Vladar's not a clear-cut number one guy. And, and, And there's a lot of comfort in knowing that you have a veteran back there. Even if there's struggles in net, you know what he's capable of. And with Vladar... You don't really know. He's he's played well at times. He he's he's played poor at times. But the body of work just really has. It's not it's not comparable to Markstrom, and so having Wolf in there, like you said, with a with a proven number one veteran goaltender to go in and learn the ropes. I mean, Markstrom is an ultimate pro. Teammates love him. He's one of the hardest workers on the ice, and he's extremely competitive. You know, to, for 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 Wolf to be around that to see how Markstrom that that would be perfect because Vladar's still trying to carve out his NHL path. Just because he's in the NHL mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's he solidified himself there. Markstrom solidified himself as an NHL goalie. So for with 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 Wolf being in on the same ice with him in practice, being in the same dressing room with him before practice, before games, talking to him, hanging out, doing that kind of stuff. There's there's a ton to learn there, and Markstrom is way better fitted. Plus. I think Markstrom still got three or four years left on his contract, and he had an awful season last year. But the the season prior, he was he was tremendous, and uh, especially the first half of the season. 
And and you know what? Markstrom's proven that. You know, 60 games is a lot of games to play. Not every goalie can do it, but if you have a consistent backup that can push you to be to push for that number one job, I don't think Bedard pushed for the number one job. He got hot at the right time. Nobody thought that Markstrom was going to lose his job. But with Wolf there, it might also click something in Markstrom too. Hey, we've got this young kid coming up. He's only 22. He wants to prove himself. First year in the National Hockey League. It might elevate Markstrom too. Right. What uh, what if 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 you're the Flames or or if you're taking a look at what's best for Wolf for next season, Croner? What's uh, what's an ideal workload for him then? If if he is, uh, let, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, he is on the NHL team uh, full time next year, and and they decide to move Ladar in the off season. What's an ideal workload then for a guy like Wolf? Like, do you want him playing? 15 games do you want him playing 25 games what what's the the best because he's he's used to being a workhorse over the last number of years yeah i I mean just i i would say 25 games depending on how markstrom plays and depending how wolf plays right at the start of the season you got to try and get out and get ahead and and obviously markstrom would start the season see where things go but i'd like to see wolf get into 20 25 games 15 you're kind of rotting away on the bench You'd like to see him get into some. I mean, if he if he stumbles with confidence, if he has some issues, you have to go back to Markstrom more. But like you said, he is used to to being the number one guy uh, for the last four years in junior and in the American League. He's been the number one guy, and now he's got to cut his teeth at the NHL level. And you know, like like we discussed earlier, Markstrom is a Markstrom's a veteran number one guy. But you have to you have to give him an opportunity, and he's got to earn that though. You can't just say at the start of the season we you know you can sit him down and say we kind of got you scheduled in for 23 games this year. This is where we'd like to see you play, and we know how quickly that can change depending on the success or failure of the team. But yep. uh, for him, it has to be for him it has to be north of 20 games for sure. For me, he's not just coming up to play 10 because that that's a waste. The uh, last last one I have kind of related to the Flames and, and kind of related to a guy like Dustin Wolf. What What is the adjustment like the other way? Because we talk a lot about the adjustment going from being the platoon guy or, or being the 1B or the 2, and now all of a sudden you've got the opportunity to be the number 1 guy, and, and there's kind of the mental challenges that come with that. What about the other way, Croner? What about when you're used to being the number 1 guy and now all of a sudden you're being asked to play way less? What? What's the adjustment like there? Well, it's, first of all, you're in the National Hockey League, so you can accept the fact that you have to earn your way in there. Just the fact that you're there is great and that your role does change. There are, there are tons of players, you know, that are, are goal scorers in, the, in, in junior and in the American League, but there's, there's not room for them on the top two lines for, for whatever club they're playing on. So they've got to cut their teeth on the third and fourth line and work and prove it. So... Um, the me- the mentality I don't think would change much for Wolf. I think he he has to go out there and prove he's the hardest worker in practice. I think he has to prove that he's uh, obviously paying attention and learning and 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 has the presence of mind to to uh, be ready at a moment's notice. And he'll get his opportunity. You just don't know when they're coming. And so he's got to sit there and say, you know, he's got to be grateful for where he is, but he's also he's got to have that confidence with him that he belongs there, and that he's going to have to wait by his time. He may not have to wait very long. Who knows? But but knowing the fact that you're going to start the season, no matter if Markstrom has a poor training camp, doesn't matter. Markstrom is the number one guy, and if Wolf is lucky enough to be the backup at the start of the season, he's just got to go there. He's got to soak it all in. He's got to work his butt off in practice. He's got to be a good team guy, 
And when he uh, when he gets his opportunity, he's going to be able to go out there and make the most of it. And I don't think he'll have a problem with that at all because, you know, it's great playing all the games in the American League and it's great playing games in the Western League when you're when you're the apex goaltender, you're the pinnacle of, 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 the, of the goaltending union in, in any of those leagues. You, you, you get to the you get to the uh, NHL. You're willing to, to, to take your to take some time and to get an opportunity. Apex goaltender, and we've got uh, the apex predator, uh, Brent Kronz, with us here on Flames. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about that. I, I, I know. I think that we're allowed to now. I think that the the, the uh, statute of limitations okay. has been lifted. Uh, Croners, our NHL goaltending analyst, joining us here this hour of Flames Talk. Okay, we talked a lot last week uh, about Bobrovsky and this un- unbelievable run that he's on. Uh, we didn't talk as much about Aiden Hill. What uh, what have you seen in this guy's game that has allowed him to steady things for the Vegas Golden Knights and allowed him to be the goalie of record as they go to the Stanley Cup final here. Sorry, I lost you there, Pat. Were you t- are you talking about Bobrovsky or are you talking about Hill? Hill, what what's impressed you about him? You know what? His poise. He, he's he's coming. He came into a really tough position in Edmonton, where Brisson got injured, and goals were going in a plenty at the start of the game, and he came in and just. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. He looked relaxed. You know, you're playing up there in, 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 in against the Oilers, and the building's loud. There's a lot of energy. They got a dynamic offense, um, and he just looked like it wasn't that big of a deal. And and I was I was just thoroughly impressed because you you usually can tell when a goalie is obviously super excited. You're you're jittery. You're moving lots. You're out of position. You're chasing the puck. You're you're t- you have a tendency to be deep in your net. You don't look confident when you move, and none of those signs are there he's sipping his water you know on his net he's going for a lap around the ice he lets in a goal he gets himself back up he you know the the the, the game against dallas or i think it was game game four where uh, delandre just scored that you know it was a weak short side goal and uh, he lifts his hands up yep. in there and then he scores a few minutes later and i'm like i i thought that was a real it was probably one of his biggest tests uh in this playoff as to how tough he was mentally and he came back, and you know what? The Dallas Stars beat them again. And then in uh, in Game Six, he just you know, Vegas played a tremendous game defensively, but he didn't give them anything either. There was nothing that he gave up. And this guy is just—he seems right now he's he's obviously in the zone. He's unflappable, and uh, his, his demeanor to me is the most impressive because it looks like he's—it's all he's done is just gone to the Stanley Cup Final his whole career. It's it's really it's it's awesome to see. It's been a uh, it's been a neat story, and uh, we'll see how much longer it continues for. But um, I've been impressed. Last last one for you. I know you're a big fan of Jake Ottinger. The stars are done. A lot of people wondered if if Jake got a little tired as this series went along. What uh, what is 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 Ottinger the real deal for you? We we saw what he did against Calgary last year. He had a really good regular season. Dropped off a little bit as the play playoffs went along. Like, are you convinced he's the real deal in your eyes? I am yes. I think he. I think he, the, the Stars are, are super lucky to have him. They got to the conference final this year. Uh, you know, Ottinger played played good. He was inconsistent. He obviously wasn't uh, what uh, Flames fans saw a year ago in the first round. But you know, I, I noticed a little bit of a, a self doubt creep into his game this time around. He he seemed to be guessing on a few uh, few plays, a few goals. He was out of position, which is not normal for him. He's usually uh, he's, he's, his crease awareness is. Is tremendous knowing when to challenge, and he's always. It kind of reminds me a tad bit of Carey Price in the fact that he's very calm back there. His his hands are up, and they're usually in front of the puck, and knows where it's going before it's shot. 
um, which then leads me to my comment about him guessing because he was putting his hands in the wrong spots and trying to get ahead of the play and, and pushing his hands out to obviously cut down the uh, cut down the angle in tight. But he was just he was sliding out of his net, um, and you could tell he just wasn't he wasn't himself. He he had inconsistent efforts where he would play lights out, and then he would follow that up with just a a, a, a poor performance. And it didn't help too that Dallas. Uh, was very spotty defensively as well. I mean, especially game six there, where it was just mm-hmm. giveaway after giveaway after backdoor tap, and it's hard to get momentum in, in that arena uh, when when that's happening. But we've seen Ottinger steal games, and he he didn't. He's probably stole one, I would say, one maybe two. That game three against Minnesota in the first round, where he I thought he he helped t- uh, turn that series around in Dallas's favor, and and uh, he bounced back a game against Seattle. But other than that, he just looked really really pedestrian and. Uh, Lots to learn, but he still got to the conference final in the second year in the league, and uh, he's got lots to build on. He should be super proud of himself, and I, I believe the Dallas Stars are super excited to have him long-term because he is the real deal. He's a legit number one, and he's only going to get better. Okay, Croner, stay on the line, uh, but uh, you have yourself a wonderful weekend and a wonderful rest of your Friday. Thank you for doing this. Hey, boys, thanks for having me on. Uh, stay on the line, you dummy. Uh, there's Brent Cron. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Barcast Hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or deliveries at 403-248-3344. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. As we continue along from Speargrass on this Friday, Steinberg and Logan Gordon along with you here. This hour of Flames Talk rolls on. We will uh, jump in on our Flames Talk Week in Review in just a second. But, boy, it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. Uh, It's going to be perfect for barbecuing this weekend. Uh, But I, I, I need to know. What kind of what kind of shape is your barbecue in right now? Because our friends at Trail Appliances want you to help yourself upgrade your grilling game. Uh, and the folks over at Trail Appliances have an incredible selection of barbecues this summer. Check out Napoleon Grills, Canadian-made Napoleon Grills from Trail Appliances with advanced grilling features, engineered performance, and masterful designs. Right now, you can receive up to one hundred and fifty dollars instant rebate on qualifying Napoleon Grills. What I I've got on on the balcony downtown. Uh, I've had that thing for about a decade. It is still in pristine condition. It's as good now as it was when I bought it from the fine folks at Trail and Napoleon Canadian made, but it's also top of the line. You're not going to find a better barbecue on the market than Napoleon. Uh, Trail has Napoleons, many other of your favorite barbecue brands in stock as well. They offer delivery, installation, and setup of your new barbecue so you can get right to grilling whether you're doing steaks or chops or chicken or you're rocking some veggie kebabs or pineapple or watermelon or whatever you're putting on the grill you got to get yourself to trail step up your barbecue game visit trail appliances in store or online at trailappliances.com slash barbecue one more time it's trailappliances.com slash bbq 
Uh, this hour of Flames Talk well underway. Let's dive in on our Flames Talk Week in Review with Steinberg and Logan Gordon along with you. Get to have Logan on the show. We're out here at Speargrass. Good Friday. Cool. Um, the latest on the coaching search, and, and we kind of got incremental updates throughout the week. Uh, we have heard, we, we know about the internal candidates, so a few things. Kirk Muller is absolutely in the mix. He also is in the mix in Columbus and Anaheim right now of the internal candidates. He's the only one with head coaching experience in the NHL. And then obviously Mitch Love, the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, and Ryan Huska, the current Flames assistant coach. So those are the, those are the um, internals, and we continue to believe and be told and find out that they're very much in the mix we know mark savard has interviewed we believe alex tongay to be in the mix we believe gerard gallant has or will be interviewed uh so those are the names that we have had connected and then on friday elliot friedman over in his latest written version of 32 thoughts which came out friday morning uh, another name in pascal vincent who's currently an assistant coach with the columbus blue jackets he's been a head coach before in the american league an assistant uh with the winnipeg jets and uh the columbus blue jackets right now he's got head coaching experience at both major junior and the american American League level. He's the latest name that we've heard added to the coaching mix. So it's pretty wide net. We're up to about 10 names that we've had connected at some point or another to this Flames job. Yeah, it's interesting. Similar, maybe not that dissimilar to what we heard with the GM when Don Maloney was uh, casting a wide net. It seems to be a similar approach now for Craig Conroy. And look, I've said this before, and I know you feel the same way, Pat. This is an important hire for Craig Conroy. And really the first big decision that we're going to get from him as GM of this team. And uh, it's going to say a lot about his process, and that's what we're learning about in this too, is how Craig goes about making these sort of critical decisions, right? Is he laser-focused in on a couple of candidates? Is he willing to expand his net? You don't know how long, you know, as an assistant GM, Craig's had these ideas floating around his head about who he'd look at as a head coach. How many are coming from new guys in the in the front office, right, is Brad Pascal throwing names out. Dave Nonis uh, is a guy that would have plenty of coaches yep. in his Rolodex, right, and would recommend some to Craig. So I think it's nothing but good news. I know for, for Flames fans on social media and different places, sometimes you hear some of these names and you go, oh, that guy, is. are we sure we're doing that? But I, I, I never think it's a bad thing to, to take a wide look at this, Pat, even if it's just exploratory conversations and the – you know, understanding the process can be a, a busy one, especially for Craig. I'm going to go back to the fact we're talking about this guy's first coaching hire. Yep. It's not one that he wants to mess up. Um, so that is uh, news that we've gotten, and uh, Elliot suggests that sometime next week we'll uh, start to maybe get into a, uh, a short list and have that long list trimmed to uh, a few final names as to who the coaching uh, job could end up going no, to. No, I did want to point this out, too, because I believe on Thursday with Russick and Rose on the big show, uh, Frank had poured some cold water on Gerard Gallant due to some salary asks. Uh, in Calgary, then I believe Frank had almost taken him off the list in Calgary entirely. Um, so I did want to point that out. Uh, I know Frank's talked about uh, that being a sticking point for at least Gallant, that the, the numbers might not have matched up with him in the Flames. Well, and everything that I've I've been led to believe right from the get-go is that the internal guys are are very much front runners and, and guys who I, I think will be on the short list when it's all said and done. Um, and and I heard Frank on on Thursday morning with the guys talking about how you know there, there's definitely you know th- th- this may not be one where uh, they're going and chasing big money because they are paying 
paying Daryl Sutter some big money for the next two years not to coach here. So if they go internal, that's not going to be the same type of price tag as a guy like Gerard Gallant or Peter Laviolette uh, might end up being. So which also lends a little bit more to um, the internal side of things. And yeah, my belief right from the get go is that Huska, um, Muller, and Mitch Love were all going to be guys that they get, got really long looks and and it's always felt again going back to the gm search and now this head coach search that internal is likely the way this is going to go that's how i felt going into this coaching search and this gm search it's how it played out for the gm and we'll see if it plays out that way for the next head coach of this team as well no it's interesting two of those internal candidates pat because while they're, they're all three of them are internal from the flames and they have all know that same knowledge in the organization they're three very different situations, right? Yeah. Huska's the the up and comer that you know was where Mitch Love was at one point, right? Who had made his way up through the organization in the American Hockey League, up to being an assistant coach in the NHL. Kirk's been a head coach in the NHL before, and then you've got Mitch Love, who doesn't have any NHL experience and has been the two-time AHL coach of the year. So even internally, you want to talk about those candidates? Well. There's a nice variety of different experience levels just given in those three guys. Yep, absolutely. So that's something that we are uh, are waiting for, uh, and we got a little on this week. We uh, also found out that the former general manager of the Calgary Flames, Brad Treliving, is now the new and 18th general manager in Toronto Maple Leafs history. He was announced on Wednesday and then introduced at a news conference on Thursday. And before he got into the new job, he addressed the job that he walked away from in April when he and the Flames parted ways. This was Brad Treliving, the new GM of the Maple Leafs, at his introductory news conference on Thursday. First of all, the city, uh, the fans of Calgary, it was our home for nine years, raised our kids there. Um, it's, a, it's a very special place to us. The people are very special. The city is very special. Um, and it's, it'll always have a, a, a warm place in our heart. Um, I got the pleasure to work for Murray Edwards, the entire Flames ownership group. Murray's a, a great owner, has been a great mentor to me. Um, and, and John Bean, uh, again, a, a good friend, a great professional mentor. Don Maloney, who's been a close friend of mine in the business for a long time, uh, they're in great hands there, and I wish Connie um, all the success in the world as he, as he takes over the manager job. Most importantly, the players and staff. Um, I get close to the people I work with. I, I, I believe that you don't manage these days. Some, some do, some may. Um, you don't manage from an office up in the, in, 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 in the building. You manage, you manage with the people. You're shoulder to shoulder with the people, and um, the group there, the players, uh, the staff, are, are I'm close with to this day and, and will be for the rest of our lives. So to them, good luck. I wish them all the very best except for a couple of games a year. So that was Brad Living, who walked away from the Flames and will now be the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, Logo, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he is able to do in Toronto. You know, the one thing, whether you were a huge fan of Brad's tenure in Calgary, if you were in the middle of the road or you were completely for him no longer being with the organization. And I know there were many opinions that, that spanned uh, the entire spectrum after he walked away. Um, I do think his demeanor, I do do think that his personality will work well in 
NHL. I think that he he's the type of guy that thrives on that pressure, thrives on that scrutiny, thrives on that intensity. Uh, so, look, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how successful he's going to be, but I don't think he's going to buckle under the, uh, the, the bright lights that are the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I don't either, and I think given the situation that Toronto – found themselves in pat i think brad Living is a pretty soft landing spot given how quickly everything sort of fell out with kyle dubas mm-hmm. um it really seemed if you're gonna believe brendan shanahan it, it happened pretty fast he was you know sort of in between things and heard kyle at the press conference talking and got a feeling he needed to make a change at gm well that's uh, an interesting feeling to get ahead of one of your biggest off seasons uh in franchise history and Look, we even know here in Calgary, the GM search can be a tough one, right? There's a lot of different candidates. There's a lot of different, you know, experience levels out there. And for Toronto, I think, to be able to find a guy like Brad who isn't going to have any gap in work other than a a few weeks, still maintains all the contacts, is still up to date on everything across the league, um, is a a pretty good landing spot. And you're right, will it work out there? I I have no idea. He's got a massive offseason to start next year with Austin Matthews and everything is going to be incredibly intriguing, but I think the Toronto Maple Leafs could have done a lot worse than yeah. Brad Living. that's for sure. On Tuesday's show, uh, Milan Lucic joined us here on Flames Talk. He just won gold with Team Canada at the World Championship, just finished his fourth season as a member of the Calgary Flames, but he'll be an unrestricted free agent uh, come July 1st. And we asked him about his future, what he's looking for, and, and part of that was asking about his future as a member of the Flames. You know, it comes down to uh, the fit, you know, what's, what's the right fit for me. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, how you fit with a, with a team, how you fit with the coach, you know, where, how, how they see you playing on a night to night basis and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's basically the mindset, uh, you know, that I'll have moving forward because, you know, I, I know I, I I can still bring a lot to the t- to a team. Uh, you know I I still love the game. Uh, I still love playing the game. I love everything about the game, and I still want to contribute. You know to a team. So for me, it's just about you know where I fit best, and and those are conversations I'm going to have leading up to uh, July first. Would uh, would a return to Calgary is that would that potentially be in the cards? Is that something that that you would consider, or, or, or have you gotten that far? Uh, I, I haven't really even gotten that far. I've I've kind of just said, you know what, just just enjoy what's going on right now until until uh, until June starts. So I got a day and a half here more to <laughs> to enjoy yeah. to enjoy May. But you know what? I uh, obviously uh, Connie getting the job is, is is great for him. It's great for the team and the city and the organization. And you know, he knows that I was at Worlds and focused on that. And we haven't really had a conversation yet. But uh, you know, if, if there's a conversation to be had, you know, uh, we'll definitely have it, and then you know, and then go from there. It just feels like that was Milan Lucic who joined us on Flames Talk earlier this week. It just it, it feels like 
that's a guy that that has moved on. Uh, just and 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 that was the the, the first time that, that a response maybe didn't feel like that. He said, "Yeah, if there's a conversation to have, I'd be open to it." But just listen to him on Locker Cleanout Day. Listen to him talk to Vickers a little bit over in Latvia and Finland. It just it, there, there have been times when it has felt like maybe he has already mentally moved on, and and yet maybe there's for him the door remains open. I, my my gut says the time in Calgary is, has probably come to an end. My gut says he might be elsewhere. Maybe uh, maybe it's a you know an opportunity for him to be a little bit closer to his hometown in Vancouver. Maybe he's back out east. But uh, I think there's a couple of Eastern Conference teams that'd be really interested in Milan services. It, it, it still feels like his his time in Calgary has probably come to an end. But uh, a four year stint that really helped get things back on track for Milan. Yeah, it did. I get that same feeling from him that it was kind of uh, a book that he was starting to close the, the pages on. And like you say, you never say no to anything, right? You never know what free agency looks like until you actually get there and there's offers on the table. So I think it would be smart from him, as he heard, to never close the door on anything that was good. But I, I think going back to this, you know, this whole contract from Milan, starting in Edmonton and then what it started out as in Calgary, going back to that time where he didn't even think he wanted to keep playing hockey for a, a long period of time. And uh, to have that turn out to, you know, be like you mentioned, four years in Calgary where he, you know, found a role for himself and was able to establish himself in that role, um, I, I think wound up being a positive for him and enough to propel him. And look, even this thing with Team Canada, I think, was, was good for him to, to sort of refresh and and remind himself and show people what he can do. And um, I think that there is absolutely going to be something out there for Milan when it comes to this summer, whether it's in Calgary or elsewhere. And finally, on Thursday's program, Michael Backlund stopped by. He is uh, Calgary's nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which is very, very well-deserving for all of the community work he's done in Southern Alberta with the ALS Society of Alberta, with Parachutes for Pets, with uh, Special O Calgary. He's been just an unbelievable member of the Calgary community since he joined the Calgary Flames and, and since he came to North America full-time. He's the third longest tenured member of the Flames organization all time with 908 games. He's the longest tenured member of the team right now. And Craig Conroy told us that they're going to be naming a captain this year. And and last thing we asked Michael on Thursday was how much of an honor it might be if he were to be the next captain of the Calgary Flames. Wearing a C would be a huge, huge honor. Uh, something I never expected. Uh, or, you know, like I said before, I Never saw myself playing for an organization for so long when it came when I was young, and I could never dream of being a captain for an NHL team. I just want to make the league and play in NHL, and uh, everything else is bonus. So uh, to have that, you know, chance maybe I don't know. Uh, it will be a huge honor. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely will be a huge honor, especially in the Canadian market as well. I just if if he's going to if there if there is an openness for him to sign here for a few more years he's got one year left on his contract just knowing everything that we heard from players and everything we know about Michael and the fact that he is the longest tenured member on the team right now. now at some point next season, he'll move into number two all time on the game's played list. Just seems like a, a natural fit. If you can get him to sign for another few years, um, giving him the captaincy, I think, would make a ton of sense. 
Yeah, I think you can make a good case for other people on the team as well, but I don't think you can make as strong a case as anybody uh, other than, than Michael. I think, you, like I said, Rasmus and Uyghur, and we've talked about so many other guys that could fit that role. I think by far the strongest case still belongs to Michael Backlund. Uh, now, that did take a turn with, you know, locker room clean-out day, him and Elias Lindholm being a bit non-committal, you know, non-committal to yep. Calgary. And, and, look, that's something that has to be addressed when you're talking about a captain. I think that that's uh, something that Craig would have to have a conversation with him about. Maybe a new coach even has to have a conversation with him about. But at the end of the day, when that happened, Pat, crazy enough to think about it, there was a different GM and a different head coach in place at that time. Yeah. And that can change a whole lot of things. And you're right. I think if it comes to it for Michael Backlund and you're talking about a commitment to be here a couple more years and that issue gets cleared up, I think the path to having him be this next team's captain is is as clear as it's ever been. Well, and I think that I think that the team would be really all forward as well. A hundred percent. Even even hearing from Rasmus Anderson and other players throughout the year saying, you know, this guy is our um, this guy is our leader. So uh, I, I think that it's a uh, I think it's a really really good choice if they end up going down that uh, down that road. We'll see. And and Michael has to have the willingness. And and you know, it's totally up to him. But there needs to be the willingness too uh, to be here for more than just the final year of his contract, which kicks in on July first. It's uh. Pat and Logo, that is your week in review as we start to wrap up this hour from Speargrass. So we're here at Speargrass, just southeast of Calgary. First of all, the community, every time I come out here, we're here once or twice a year, and every time we're here, the community just gets a little bit larger, and yeah. you see another house built, and you see it. So the, the community continues to thrive here at Speargrass. They've got the brand-new event center. They're hosting tournaments, and, and they've got a great area now for after-tournament reception. But the, the thing that I'll always go back to it's a short drive just southeast of calgary to speargrass but you're not ever going to beat the value for instance on fridays you've got the uh, you got the golf and dine special for 85 bucks. You get your round, you get your cart, and you get dinner before or after your round, depending on when you want to tee off. If you're teeing off at 1 or 1.30, well, then you do your dinner afterwards. If you're teeing off at 4.30 or 5, then maybe you do your dinner first and, and then hit uh, the uh, then hit the links. Regardless, it is an incredible value. You're not going to find value like that uh, anywhere in southern Alberta outside of Speargrass. The course is in great shape. We know about the championship, 17th, 18th holes it's link style for a good chunk before that and it's not just the golf and dine they still do the men's night they still do ladies night um so you absolutely have to come check out Speargrass. course is in great condition it's always great weather down here it's calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience and you can find more information with tee times different rates menu for the clubhouse which is outstanding and a whole lot more over at speargrass.ca have a good weekend logo thanks for being it was great to uh, be on with it for a bit. It was uh, it was fun being out here uh, for Cam Hughes and Taylor Dingman. My name is Pat Steinberg for Logan Gordon and Brent Cron who joined us this hour. This hour wrapping up and it's been the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a keyed alike system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.